0: Here we go. One, two, three, four. Hello, hello, my name is Billy Diamond and welcome to yet another episode of the Branding for Entertainers podcast. The podcast where we talk about your visual, verbal, and virtual brand and why it matters. Uh, In this episode today, I talk once again with physical comedian, clown, and actor, Mark Gingdick. If you missed that last episode, uh, it's certainly worth going back and listening to it. And you can find that. that I can't remember the episode number, but it's called The Wingman Without Words. So look that up. Uh, really good. But we'll continue our conversation today with Mark. And then we're also going to check in with ventriloquist Landon Harvey in a new segment of the podcast that we call Virtual Viewpoint with Landon. And Landon has over a million followers on TikTok and he is actually taking the social media world by storm as an entertainer. And he's becoming a real influencer on social media. Uh, he's going to give us some great tips today on how to share valuable content with your audience and how you can do that effectively on different platforms and without having to spend hours doing that. Uh, he, he covers that in this episode. And I'm certain you're going to find a little nugget in there somewhere that you can use either today or you'll find something on our ongoing episodes with Landon in Virtual Viewpoint with Landon. At any rate, let's pick up our conversation in this episode where Mark Gingdick reminds us that we are in the service business and also that the spectator is always the star. And that actually came about because of a story that he tells in this episode. Uh, We all probably had one of those stories where we've done a show— And we have gotten somebody on stage, and instantly we realize that, oh my goodness, this could be a real nightmare, a real hell. Well, such is the case with this story that Mark shares with us, and I call this the One-Legged Man episode. It's a funny story, but it also has a great message in it. So let's get back to my talk with Mark Gingdick. What's been the craziest thing that's ever happened
1: to you out on the road? Um, so I, I always go to this. There's two stories that I go to, but but I'll I'll, I'll go to this one because it really was um a, a life changing moment. Uh, so I was doing this show with my buddies Matt Morgan and and Ambrose Martos, buddies I met in Clown College. We have this company called Happy Hour. As I mentioned, the trio and we were playing. An off Broadway venue called Ars Nova in Manhattan, in New York. And we had this bit where we would pull someone out from the audience to teach us choreography. Because the loose story was we were three best friends going on a road trip to be the next boy band sensation. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know, so like halfway through the trip, we go, oh, wait a minute, we don't have choreography. We got to learn choreography. So we pull someone up from the audience. And we asked them to teach us a count of eight. And then, and then the fun of it is at the end of the show, we sneak in that count of eight into our big boy band number of whatever they showed us. Um, And if it's garbage, we put it in and and it's funny because it's garbage. Or if they're a great dancer, we put that in and it, and it's like, wow, it's satisfying. Anyway, Matt was usually the person that picked the person from the audience. And this one particular show, he picked this person out and, I, he had a bit of a limp, the audience member, and I was like, oh, man, Matt, please just in the back of my head, just sit him back down. This is not going to go well. He has a limp. It's going to look like we're making fun of him. But we didn't, and we just trusted the moment. And then when it went to, okay, buddy, uh, show us your best count of eight, the, the guy leans against the wall and, Picks up his pant leg and pulls off his prosthetic leg and then proceeds to jump up and down, waving his prosthetic leg. Enjoy, not like F you guys. Enjoy. And now, I kid you not, the audience stood on their feet, going crazy for the, applauding this person for three minutes straight. Now, three minutes doesn't sound like a lot of time, but on stage, when you're just like standing there watching someone jump on one leg when a prosthetic is forever the 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 deafening sound that came from the audience was uh, like it's nothing i I could explain it was like being in a rock concert you know um and and i will never forget that moment it was that moment of oh man i this is horrible i want to control it oh this is going to be bad and then it was hey trust the moment And whatever it is, just say yes to it and embrace it. And it ended up being one of the best moments on stage that I've ever had, for sure. Wow.
0: That's what I call a real wow moment. You know, most people that think of branding, they think of all the exterior things when it comes to marketing because they associate marketing with branding somehow. But I want to circle back around and just say that that's not the case. It's amazing because... I always try to bring it back around, and that story is so great because what you did was branding. In other words, this could have been a complete awkward, weird uh, situation for him. It could have been a weird situation for you guys, but you you were able to spin that around and represent your brand. And it could have really gone south, right? I mean. It could have really went on a wrong turn, which you thought initially it would. But you enjoyed the process of being the entertainer that you are. And because of that, on a subconscious level, I think you were very aware of your brand as an entertainer to say, let's make this a great experience. And I bet you, you you didn't think of those things as you were on stage. But these are the things in branding, folks, that I think are so important that represent you as the brand. So it's much bigger than your logo. It's much bigger than this tiny little box that we kind of put this branding into. That was an experience. In other words, you really represented your brand in a positive light. And I bet that guy was more memorable that night than any of you guys combined. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was the star. That's the thing. That's the secret, everybody. When you pull someone up from the audience, you are no longer the star. Mm-hmm. You, 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 forget about you. The, per, the star is that audience member. If you don't honor that person, if you don't respect that person, if they're the butt of the joke, the audience is going to turn on you. I promise.
0: Preach it. That's I, I 100% agree. Um, I hate to say it, but magicians are notorious for that sort of bad behavior. And I think regardless of what kind of entertainer you are or what market you're in, I agree 100%, man. You get that person on stage or you're working the audience, you know, they're the star. Make them the star. Where did you find that in your career? Was that just over uh, studying in time or, or did that, I mean i know for me i don't know I don't think I woke up one day and just had this light bulb moment because I saw a lot of bad magicians before I saw and surrounded myself with a lot of good ones, and it's something that isn't really taught yeah it should be that that person is the star
1: yeah there's a you know there's a lot of ego that goes on when you're trying to be a, particularly a solo performer, but a performer in general, entertainer in general. And, uh, y- yeah, you know, there's no light bulb moment for me, but I, but there's two things that, I, that artistically I'd like to say about that. First of all, when you're on stage, for me, it's about a conversation with the audience. You're having a conversation with them, whether you're talking or being nonverbal or whatever, it is a conversation. Mm-hmm. If it's a one way conversation and you're just, who wants to be in a one way conversation? You're like, shut up, dude. Like, right. We, we, we heard you. Alrighty,
0: folks, there's something that I'd really like to just interject right here in this moment and kind of freeze time in our conversation with Mark Gingdick, because I hear this time and time again with professionals that I speak with. They're like, I never really thought of my brand. I never really thought of this. Um, I'm just out there doing it. But here's the amazing part as I interview these really professional people that are industry greats. That are out there working, yeah, they haven't thought of their brand, but in the background, they are thinking about their brand and how they represent themselves. And you hear this in this conversation and in this moment. What I heard Mark say in this particular instance is while he may not have even recognized it, he made an important statement that he is having a conversation with the audience. And that, my folks and friends, is branding. That's what it is. That is Branding 101 and part of Branding 101, and that is make it conversational. In other words, it's just like marketing as well. It's a two-way conversation, and that is a two-way conversation as it relates to your show and being live on stage that Mark is talking about right here, but it's also conversational when it comes to our marketing and branding and asking those questions and developing a conversation that is a two-way street not about look how great i am so let's continue with this uh,
1: so if you are really listening to the audience and they and and that is happening organically in your storytelling in your trick in your show then you know it's a conversation. It's not just you or it's not just them. It's the two of you. Um, you're the star together but usually I would lean on, you know, if you're not going to make the audience member, the star, when they're on stage with you, don't do it. There's no reason to pull a person up on the audience then to make fun of them. That's not fun for anybody in the, in the, in the crowd and this is what, this is the last story that I'll, I will leave with. And, and then I, I I will say goodbye. But when I was, I was doing, I used to do this booking in Sonoma, California. It was called Broadway under the stars. And what they would do is they would bring all these um, Broadway singers and dancers, just like superstars. And we would put a cabaret show on together. Uh, lack of a better word. It was more of just, just a cabaret show. It was a very well-produced, uh, Broadway kind of show. And um, after one of the shows, we all went to, you know, the, the town restaurant and um, one of the artists, who's a very well-known Broadway entertainer. I was sitting with them at the bar and someone came up and started up a conversation. Didn't see the show and said, Hey, what do you do? And this other entertainer said, I'm in the service business. And I'm like, you're in this I didn't say anything, but I was like you you're in the service business like you're not you're like one of the top end singer dancers on Broadway. You're not waiting tables. you are not what and then we talked about it further. I'm like, why'd you say that? Her point of view, and she's totally right, man, was that she's in service to the audience when she's on stage. It's not about her. she's in service to the audience the way that she's performing, yeah and i think if we remember that as entertainers like i think that conversation with the audience is going to be genuine and real and authentic and i and and the audience is going to come away with that feeling of this never this is unique this will never happen again and that's what live entertainment is all about for me
0: Well, I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. I just want to tell you about some really important things really quick, and then we'll be right back. The pandemic has affected a lot of entertainers since its start in 2020, and some entertainers have simply given up hope, while many others were actually forced to go get a 9-to-5 job just so they can make an income and make ends meet. And perhaps this was you. Well, I have some good news, though that even in spite of the recent Delta variant, many entertainers, they're actually back to work and doing live events once again, and that's great. And the ones that actually gave up and quit have little to no desire to come back to an industry that was actually hit so hard. Now, what does this mean for you? Well, if you've ever wondered what it would feel like to perform in your dream market, or perhaps you wanna be a full-time entertainer, well, now is the perfect chance. It's the perfect time and i want to talk about it i offer a free 30 minute breakthrough session and we can do that online or on the phone now surprisingly many entertainers and i'm talking about even some professionals are still uncertain what they need to do when it comes to understanding their brand and the direction or even the market that they're trying to head to all you have to do to take advantage of this free session is to go over to the BrandingEntertainers.com website. Again, that's BrandingEntertainers.com. And just click on the big blue button that says, get help with my brand. You can't miss it. And I absolutely look forward to helping and serving you. And now let's get on with our show.
1: Her point of view, and she's totally right, man, was that she's in service to the audience. When she's on stage, it's not about her. She's in service to the audience the way that she's performing. And I think if we remember that as entertainers, like I think that conversation with the audience is gonna be genuine and real and authentic. And I and and the audience is gonna come away with that feeling of this never this is unique. This will never happen again. And that's what live entertainment's all about for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's such amazing words of wisdom coming from a guy who said during this whole interview, uh, Billy, I don't know a whole lot about branding. Actually, you know so much about branding that you're not giving yourself credit for. And I think there are a lot of other guys out there just like you that are getting it right. And they understand that this whole thing that we do, it's not about us. It's about them. And when we position our branding that way, uh, amazing, amazing things happen. So I'm excited. Can you tell? I'm excited. Yeah. (laughs) Sir, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, totally. It is so appreciated. Where can can people find you? Whether that's online or anything, uh, projects that you're working on, where, where, where can my listeners find Mark?
1: you can just find me on my website, which is markgindick.com. I also started a very humble YouTube channel during the pandemic because I needed an outlet and that's called comedy bodega NYC. Um, every video is two minutes or less. Um, little bite-sized bits of physical comedy. Cool. And uh, yeah, you can hopefully we'll see each other on the stage one day. Hopefully.
0: Well, Mark, thank you again. I really I do appreciate your time on a personal level. It means a lot to me. And now it's time for a portion of the program that will be a regular segment. And I'm so excited about. And that is Virtual Viewpoint with Landon Harvey. Virtual Viewpoint with Landon For those that are new to the podcast, there are three things that I talk about as it relates to branding, and that is your visual, your verbal, and your virtual brand. And uh, I can't think of a better way to really hone in on your virtual brand. And what that means is all your online presence. So it could be your website, but more importantly, your social media. And that's where we go to an expert in this area. Because, hey, guess what, guys? I can't know everything. And there are people that know so much more than me. So you link arms with those people. You network with those people, just like I did with my client, Landon Harvey, who I taught a lot, but he is also teaching me a lot as it relates to virtual branding. And let's go to him right now. Landon, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Sure. So... You know, it can be very daunting when you have all these different social media platforms, whether that's TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, you know, and it doesn't matter if you're an amateur or a pro. I mean, if you're a pro, you're like, hey, I'm busy all the time and that's not important. Or you might be an amateur and you're just working on other things or, you know, and the other part of that is sometimes life just distracts us. Right. I mean, of course, we have things going on in our life outside of being an entertainer. Um. What are your thoughts when it comes to, I mean, would you focus on one? I mean, because here again, I mean, it can be very daunting if you just say, hey, Billy, you have to do all these platforms. (laughs) You have to do this and you have to stay consistent. I mean, that can consume your life if you allow it to. Easily. Right. Mm -hmm. Or you can just say, heck with it. You know, that's just too much work. This is a lot of work to be over over here, over here, over here, over here, over here. What are your thoughts, and how would you address that? Would you just say, just pick one, go with
2: that, and then grow from there, or, or what, what, what's the best strategy? I think the strategy is depending on the personality type. I like having a bunch of different things going at once because I'm I'm very chaotic in my nature, and I like to go back and forth through all these different types of content. But I have a friend; he's a ventriloquist that's been doing great on TikTok. And he told me, he's like, I I haven't really done anything on my YouTube channel. I have one, but I haven't posted any content because I want to really grow on TikTok and then promote it. But my my problem with that is I think that you should be promoting it at the same time. Because if you want to grow on one app while you're growing on TikTok, you can say, hey, if you like this video, I've got longer forms of content on here and you can use it to your advantage. The typical thing for a lot of tiktokers is to put a full length youtube video on tiktok that's cut up whether you cut it up into three parts and you post all three parts or you post you know maybe maybe a few minutes of the video and then you go the rest is on on my youtube and if it's captivating enough people go on your youtube and then after that video you put a little thing in there that goes hey if you enjoyed this make sure to subscribe and turn post notifications on so you don't miss a another thing from our channel so there's definitely a way to strategically go at it
0: of keeping the same content, but utilizing it across different platforms. That's, that's great. Of course. Great. A lot
2: of, a lot of standup comedians do this too, where they'll, they'll riff or they'll talk to someone in the audience and that crowd work will become their sole content. Uh, I know Sam Morell on TikTok and let's see who else. Mark Normand does it a lot. They both, they both do it a lot and they're fantastic at it. And they send it to someone who edits it up and then they, uh, that person also posts it on their account. So if you don't want to have to deal with it, you know, and you got the money, you could just hire some kid or someone that's, that knows what they're doing to cut it up and then post it. And you can get views from that. Live show performances that are cut up are doing very well on the app. But you can also create content specifically for the app where you're talking directly into the camera to your viewers.
0: That's great. Okay. Great. That kind of makes things, that that's, makes life a little easier than just to have to say, well, I'm going to go over here and now i got to create this content for this. I like the idea of uh, basically your cross branding, more or less, your brand, but on different platforms. You're going to build a following over on that platform by saying, hey, you know, listen, if you, if you really enjoyed this, this is the short version, go over to my YouTube channel, check this out, and uh, you'll be able to f- watch the full episode, right?
2: Of course, you look at a piece of content that you film and you think, you know, how many different forms of content can I get out of this? You know, maybe while I'm filming it, I can, you know, and I'm out and about filming this interactive video. Uh on the street with a puppet, maybe I can take a picture of me and a a passerby and post it on my Instagram. And people will see that and go, that's funny. What is, what is that? I'll write some copy and then say, this is, this is me filming our YouTube video. And then it pushes them to that. Well, I want to see that video and you know, well, this is, this is cool, but I want, I want to see more of these at a quicker rate. Maybe that's a TikTok. Maybe I have, you know, five of those interactions that's quickly edited into a quick TikTok video that then goes viral.
0: That's a great idea, Landon. That's fantastic. <laughs> did, it, did it take you a long time to get there in your social media where you're just like, you know, now you think strategically about those things, say, hey, you know, if I'm going to film this, what can I do? How can I take it to this step? Or, or let's do a photo while we're doing this filming. I'm sure that came about over time. Of course. Yeah. Any idea in the process where you're just like, ah.
2: I don't remember when it was, but I can tell you, I don't go anywhere without having a puppet in the car. So I'll bring Bill the zombie or Biscuit the dog along with me, even if they're just in the back of a case, because I'm, I don't want to miss an opportunity for a photo or for a, a funny video. And the best way to grow your audience on TikTok is just to be your genuine self, because people will gravitate toward that. And I've, you know, in high school, people are trying to figure out who they are, but I never really had that. For me, it was more figuring out who I was as an entertainer. And I've grown a lot just through doing my videos on TikTok. And people have kind of seen me evolve into the person I am today. And it's very strange to be talking about this because you have your performer presence and then your, you know, your real self, of course, but it is, it is very interesting, but, you know, being myself and along with my characters has been the most genuine way to convey what I do to my audience and for people to enjoy and kind of take part in what I do.
0: Landon, that is really terrific information as it relates to uh, different platforms and things like that. And, you know, I talk to a lot of different people and they're like, hey, you know, I gravitate over here to Facebook world or, you know what, I can't stand TikTok or um, I like Instagram. And what I'm hearing you say in this conversation is really important that I hope people understand and get because I certainly do. And that is um, just because you don't like a particular platform. The cool part is, is you can divide your material up and hit that platform without really focusing on it. You can, you can kind of cut it up, chop it up, split it, and then get them back to the platform that you desire or is most desirable to you, which is really cool. So really good information for us today on the Branding for Entertainers podcast as it relates to your segment. I thank you so much and we'll talk again the next time with Landon. And that is a wrap for this particular episode of the Branding for Entertainers podcast. I would like to thank Mark Gingdick, our special guest, for coming back once again for another episode and sharing uh, just some stories with us and also how it relates to branding. And you can check Mark out at markgingdick.com, but also check him out and just do a search for him on his social media platforms. And then... Lastly, a big thank you once again to ventriloquist Landon Harvey for bringing us Virtual Viewpoint with Landon, this new particular segment that we're going to have in every episode moving forward where we are going to address your virtual branding. And we'll break it down into bite-sized chunks and have it a little bit more goal-oriented as we move forward. I would like to ask that if you enjoy this podcast if you would please subscribe to it wherever you're listening right now. And then also share it with one of your entertainer friends who you think might benefit from it and grow a little bit more. And guess what, man? We're all going to grow together. In the meantime, my name is Billy Diamond, and I thank you once again for joining me on another episode of the Branding for Entertainers podcast.